Hello, and welcome to the Niche Podcast for Friday, September 13th, spooky 2013. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about building apps that run everywhere. This week, we talk about how the iPhone 5S announcement illustrates that future-friendly thinking is more important than ever. Please stay tuned. The Niche Podcast is next. It is a Friday the 13th, isn't it? Yeah. And this is episode 74. We're almost up to 75. We are. Quarter century. Very, very exciting. You should bake a cake or something. (laughs) I like that idea. Maybe like, uh, what what would a niche cake look like? I don't know. Uh, It would be responsive. (laughs) It could be, it could stretch or contract to different sizes. Different stomach sizes. You can eat it with a spoon or a fork. (laughs) Yeah, eyes closed or not. (laughs) So, Randy finally fixed your air conditioning. Was it Randy or no? Uh, No, it was Chris. Uh, Yeah, we changed air conditioner guys entirely. Jeez, sensitive topic. (laughs) No. No, just busy people. Gotcha. Well, just in time for the the heat wave to break, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Well, it's it's eighty five here today and really humid, so it's still nice to have. Yeah, that's good. Well, we're looking at we have a hot day today, but we're looking at sixties coming up soon. Nice. So let's see. Uh, we've got uh, I think a pretty interesting show this week. Uh, the big news this week was that. Uh, Apple finally announced the much-rumored iPhone 5S and iPhone 5C. And I think it's fair to say that um, most people were underwhelmed. Yes, I was. What was your reaction to the whole the whole news? Uh, my reaction to the whole news was I, I didn't even watch it, actually, so I didn't see a lot of the info about the phones. But I was kind of disappointed that they didn't. I was hoping for a new iPad mini and you know, there was, there was talk of maybe refreshing some of the MacBook lines. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe that stuff will come, but, um, the, the, I think the, the big thing for me with the phones, um, was that, so a couple things. One was that the, uh, and, and dear listener, this does relate to our, this will all tie into our theme in a minute. Uh, but the, Big things I th- think uh, were the fingerprint scanner on the home button for the for the mm-hmm. the top of the line phone, um, which I think that's part of the big news, and maybe that will be a game changing feature. But they introduced it by saying that more than fifty percent of people don't have a lock code or pin code set for their lock screen anyway. So what that tells me is that people don't really care about locking their phone in the first place. So. Right. Doesn't seem like a compelling feature sales wise. Um, they it's the same size screen as the existing iPhone five. The the there's a new back color, which I suppose mm. is. I mean, I don't know. It seems kind of silly because I'm one of the few gonna, people I know that don't put a case on their iPhone. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna put a case on it anyway. Right. You know. So like maybe maybe that's a big deal for someone. Um, and then I thought it was very interesting that they spent so much time talking about that it was a 64-bit now, which consumer, you know, this was not a, 
this was not a developer conference. This was a, a consumer product announcement. And uh, they spent a fair amount of time talking about the fact that it was 64-bit, which who could care less? Yeah. Um, it doesn't even necessarily mean that it's faster. So, like, you know, it just seems like a like a sign that they didn't have much to announce, frankly. Right. They were they were fishing for, for things to talk about. Yeah. They talked about the camera quite a bit, and I do think that's important. I think uh, the camera really does matter to end users quite a bit, and the quality of the pictures is certainly a factor. I Yes. would be hard pressed to believe that people were actually choosing a phone based on what, you know, the camera. Uh, yeah. But I mean, if I have two that I'm looking at and they're similar features, I'm probably going to get the one with the better camera. Yeah. I suppose if, if everything else, all, all other things being equal, all other things being equal. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then the, the five C, uh, was, I think really strange in that it was rumored. You know, the five C is a, basically a, it's sort of like a hybrid between the iPod Touch and the iPhone 5, in, yeah. my, in my opinion. It's sort of got that body shape, but it's a plastic back, some sort of candy, five, five or six candy colors with a fun case. And frankly, I think it looks, I, I'd rather have that than the iPhone 5S. It looks way cooler. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. It, it does look nice. It does. Um, the iPod iPod touches don't have the plastic back, do they? No, they're metal. They're like an aluminum metal back. But so this is a pla- But it's very much. It it, it the looks same, the same sort of colors. Yeah. Yeah, and it feels like it's probably targeted at that market. But so here's the weird thing about it. And like everybody talked about, you know, there's going to be this thing. It's going to be called iPhone 5C. It was going to be a low cost entry level mm-hmm. iPhone for it, presumably the emerging economies. You know, China, India, to kind of get a toehold in there where people are more. Uh, price sensitive, not that, not that they're not price sensitive in the U S but, and, uh, it really wasn't that it's, no, it's not, it's not that cheap. It's not. And the 4S is still cheaper. Yeah. Well, so that's the crazy thing. Like the, and they, and they discontinued the five. Mm-hmm. So your only option is going to be a 4S for free. This is in the U S 4S for free with two year contract, which is to me is the no brainer. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you care about having the latest and greatest, you're not going to go with that. So you're, you're maybe going to spend 99 bucks and get the 5C with this fun candy candy coating. And if you are, I don't know who, you're going to go with the top of the line model, which is the 5S that has a little bit better camera and and uh, I don't know what. Uh, I guess it's got 4G, which the 4S doesn't yeah. have. And it's got the fingerprint scanner, which evidently most people don't care about anyway. <laughs> yeah, I think I may be the only one who would like to have that feature. Because when I'm when I'm home and I'm testing and I have to turn my phone off and on, off and on all day to test things, it's really annoying to have to enter a password. <laughs> but when I'm out, I don't want to not have the password in case I lose it. Yeah, totally. yeah, I would really like that feature because for the same reason, because I use the phone a lot um, and I do keep a lock screen. But I guess most people don't have a lock screen. And uh, anecdotally, I can report that it's true because I'm always like staring over people's shoulders at their phones. Yeah. I'm a total phone lurker. Uh, curious, like why, what phones people have, how they have them set yeah. up, what what models they selected, and and it is true that v- lots of people don't have a lock screen. And this is usually, and when I do this the most, it's when I'm traveling, which is probably the the class of people who would most be likely to have their phones locked. Right. So. It, you know, but not to go on and on about the specifics of the news. The the bottom line for me was that um, 
it's kind of an underwhelming release, not unlike the 4S. So it was like an incremental, incremental increase, and maybe people who at the time, you know, had the 3GS and their contract was expiring, the 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 4S made sense. But lo- lots of people that had the 4 didn't upgrade to the 4S. Yeah, I feel like at this point you're either on like the S cycle of upgrades or you're on like the the full version upgrades. Right, you're, the you're doing one or the other. Right. No one upgrades from five to a five S to six to six. You know, no one's going to do that. Yeah, unless they're psycho like me. Right. You know, I might do well, it. Oh yeah. But uh, that's not a normal use case. But so the the thing that I took away from it was the big thing I took away from it was that they didn't have an entry level phone for like they 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 didn't do what people thought they were going to do with the cheap one. Yeah. And I think that is incredibly important uh, because even because without that, they are positioning themselves in the phone market to do what they've done in the desktop market, which is appeal to the high end and be the luxury purchase. Yes. Do you think I mean, does that seem fair to say? Yeah, it, it seems fair and it doesn't surprise me at all. It doesn't surprise me in the sense that it's the same strategy they use with the desktops, but it's a radically different market. And and I feel like like right now they are arguably the market leader uh, in in depending on how you want to measure it. They're certainly the market leader in terms of profit, but that's not that's not a long term. I don't see that as a long term. That's not meaningful long term. Yeah. Um because if you know as as diehard Mac fans like you and I know, uh, you know, you were very much a second class citizen from a software standpoint using a Mac for mm. the longest time. That's only changed in the last few years. And still, you know, for like gaming titles, you're just out of luck. Um so what I've so there's a couple of ways that I, I can sort of see this playing out. If if Apple continues to to want to maintain or to make profit off of the the hardware margin, then they can't race to zero on the hardware costs. So if they want to continue to position themselves as a luxury brand in the phone market, then I don't see how they're going to avoid descending to a market share globally that's in the 10 to 15% range. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> it's just, that's all the, all that model can support if that yeah so so then you you say to yourself well windows phone almost has a 10 percent share and they're paying people to port applications to their prof platform <laughs> so it seems to me that it's critically important maybe more so than on the desktop for these devices to have a good developer ecosystem and i don't know how they're going to maintain that if if um if they don't have a phone that can compete with stuff Samsung and Google are putting out just to name two. It, never mind Windows Phone, which is really showing signs of life in South America with the new those low end Lumias. They're gorgeous. Yeah, and, and Microsoft's bought Nokia now. So Yeah, not to mention, right? So Yeah. So that is that's just gonna continue. Nokia's has a long history of putting out excellent hardware. They have excellent um uh, relationships with retail outlets, all is you know, blah blah blah. We can go into that all day long, but the point is that um, I think in the, in the in terms of the podcast, I think the point is that it's clearer than ever that a strategy of focusing on iOS for your 
if you're, say you're a business, say you're like a, a CTO or CMO or CEO of a large business, focusing on iOS only is kind of like focusing on BlackBerry only five years ago. Yeah. Or 10, give years, it, 10 years, let's say. Yeah. Give it another few years. And if they continue this, the same route they're going, the market share is just not going to be there. Yeah. And it's impossible to imagine at this point because they're riding so high. But that was BlackBerry in the 90s. And uh, in the early 2000s, right. And it's and, and I'm not saying that is going to happen, but but it certainly could. It certainly happened before. And it and when you look and and you can get a Nexus Four with a with a bigger screen with higher resolution for 199 with no contract. Yeah, I've I've almost bought that four or five times now. <laughs> I mean. It's crazy. Like they basically have a situation where they've got good hardware, but not the best hardware. <clears throat> and they've got, I, I don't know. I just don't see, I don't know. I don't, I don't, first of all, I don't see any innovation coming on smartphones in general. I think the smartphone platform has matured and we're only going to see incremental improvements. Yeah, I, th- I think so. We're going to see, going to see pr- improvements like improvements in hardware, but there's, there's nothing left really innovative to do, I don't think. Yeah, for the form factor. I mean, like, there's yeah, been the some... The fingerprint scanner was it. That's it. We're done. <laughs> yeah, and, like, NFC. There's, like, little things that can happen, but yeah. I don't I don't think there's going to be a radical... I think the new... I really strongly believe that there is going to be a brand new form factor that takes us off of the plateau we're on into the next thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we talked about watches last week. I've spent another week wearing my Pebble, and it's a behavior changer. It is. It changes your behavior, for sure. And when you have a device that changes your behavior, that is incredibly sticky. So I, I, it's, it seems more likely than ever that wearables are going to catch on. It seems more likely than ever that Apple's stranglehold on the, the mobile leadership position is, you know, it's more tenuous than ever. Mm-hmm. And developing so okay, so I had a conversation. This is all coming from a, a couple of different places, but I had a conversation okay. with a, a a global company, like someone, <laughs> a, a large international company, with uh, I think I think the comment was like you know somewhere in the fifty to hundred thousand uh, employee range. Wow, that is a, a big large. company. Yeah, yeah. A, a big company. And so the, the conversation was around how does HTML fit into your HTML5 fit into your strategy right now? Like presumably right. you have a huge constituency and you know what what's your mobile strategy right now? Right. And to paraphrase and, and sort of gloss over some of the nuance of the argument, or not the argument, but the, the statement, the the strategy was basically you know, our customers use iOS, so we're we are just developing native apps for iPhone and iPad full stop. And I, and I think we have some mobile web offerings, but we have like, you know, 80 plus native applications for iOS. And I said, yeah. And I was like, and I said, well, do you, does your, I don't, you know, it was, it's, it's sort of a B2B company, but these are, but it's the same kind of, but it's app store apps. It's like, it's, right. it's businesses who are buying them, but it's a B2C type of relationship. It's not like partners or something. Right. It's not like they're giving all of their partners iPads and saying, here, use our stuff to do your. Precisely. Right. Yes, exactly. So, so it's like, well, 
does your user base differ so greatly from the overall global trends that that you can get away with that or are you are you seeing i mean you see the global trends that android is 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 dominating frankly mm-hmm. now and 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 even if you think android's not going to continue to because i'm not suggesting that that the plan should be that they make only android apps but right don't you feel like you would probably at least double your market if you had native android apps and and so the conversation kind of went down that road and the response was well we've tried accelerator and we've tried um uh, adobe air and those didn't really those didn't really meet our our needs you know the user experience wasn't and granted this was specifically a user experience person mm-hmm. the, the user experience didn't really meet our needs and, and what we were trying to do and i was like i'm like so why don't you develop natively for all those platforms like why are you ignoring android and why are right. you ignoring and windows phone is arguable but it like i said it's showing signs of life and this is a b- business type company so you'd think maybe you know the, the platforms they sh- probably should be looking at are iOS, Android, Windows Phone, still even still BlackBerry because it's such a businessy business, and maybe Kindle. Yeah. So probably those five. Definitely iOS and Android if you had to pick two. Yes, yes. So, you know, I'm sure you can guess the reason why, you know, they couldn't find, you know, Air and and um, Air and Accelerator's titanium product didn't give them what they wanted. I don't know why exactly, but... That was the that was the the consensus outcome. that they came to. Yeah, they just didn't yeah. like it for whatever reason, and <clears throat> and so I said, well, why aren't you developing native Android apps? Like, seems like an obvious win. And the answer mm-hmm. was that it's it's too expensive <laughs> to develop. And I'm like, you're you're making the argument for HTML5. Like everything yeah. that this person was saying was making the it was pointing directly at HTML5, CSS, and JavaScript. Yeah, yeah everything and and i was like and we we didn't quite it it wasn't the point of the phone call for me to convince this person to use html5 i was really just Mm -hmm. is exploratory right and but it was kind of like an elephant in the room in a way it was like a few people on the call and it was kind of like you realize everything you're saying points (laughs) to no one's talking about it this approach that that we have, you know, and, and there are like some things brought up, like, you know, a fundamental, the fundamental uh, lack of knowledge about what it, sort of newer web technologies, especially mobile browsers were capable mm-hmm. of, you know, like the, it always comes up the offline support and, and uh, what about push notifications and like, well, have you, you know, are you aware of phone gap and, and other applications like this? And so the, 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 I think the, the thing that I'm getting at here is that the this i know i know that this person there is a person like this in every single there there are teams of people with this kind of uh view across i mean almost every company i've ever talked to yeah and i'm sure that that is i mean i'm gonna say 100 percent of the large organizations i've worked with in the last five years have been very iOS focused. Yeah, and I've, I've I've worked in a lot of smaller companies that were the same way, and and their justification is, well, we're a small company, so we only have a small budget, so we're just going to do iOS and not worry about the other stuff. And, right. and I'm going, 
okay, for potentially less money, you could do HTML5, CSS, JavaScript, and get everybody. <laughs> right. And not be beholden to... Right. You know, it's like, it's very much, it's a cliche to like have all your eggs in one basket, but it really, that's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, and it's expensive. It's not like it's cheap. So, you know, getting the talent, getting the stuff done, uh, and, and putting all that effort into something that, uh, that is, I don't know, it's just all your eggs in one basket. And like, if something happens or Apple, Apple, you know, the whole app store thing is almost a separate discussion, but, but you can't get around the app store. Uh, it's, yeah. it's tough not to conflate the app store with the, with iOS in general, because you're, there's no feasible way really to distribute your app. So those things have been tied together by Apple purposely. And you can't ignore the fact that you are beholden to their terms of service and terms of use and, uh, approval process and content restrictions and, and, and oh yeah and oh by the way if somebody installs uh, your application on their phone uh, we're still going to be collecting 30% of the subscription revenue three years later and oh by the way uh, we're not going to give you their contact information yeah. so they're not really your customer that's just not a that's just not that's a non-starter for a lot of businesses mm -hmm. so I was pretty shocked even you know even though I intellectually i understand that it takes a long time for people to change and 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 i understand that there's a lot of things to be considered i'm still taken aback when faced with someone who's just so like stuck in that mode mm -hmm. and it'd be one thing if it'd be one thing if people are like look we know this is a short-term win for us and we are we are we have bigger plans for cross-platform or we have a bigger plans for you know uh, creating internal talent to build all these different platforms right yada, yada. but that's not usually that's not what i usually hear i don't know about you but yeah we, we usually hear oh well i only care about ios yeah i only care about the kind of people who have iphone i only care about people with iphones and i or you know and you see this in lots of different lots of different guises i only care about people who have javascript enabled i only care oh, about yeah. i only care about people who can see you know, I don't care about people who are blind. I don't care about people who, have, you know, people who have JavaScript disabled are idiots. Yeah. The whole web must oh, be broken. Oh, you hear them. that a lot. Right. Well, if they don't have JavaScript enabled, then they don't need to use my site. Right. This that and that one, in fact, is raging right now because yeah. because it's getting to the point where there's so many frameworks that allow you to do so much so easily, uh, but they require JavaScript, and it's like. <sighs> It's a tough call, and I th I think you know, like going back to a sort of underlying credo of ours. I think it's important to default to um, availability and accessibility mm -hmm. and and all that stuff. But there, you can make a case. You could make a case for me that like, oh, you shouldn't do mobile first here, or you should require JavaScript for this particular application. Or yeah, whatever. like you can make the case for it. But for people to just default to, I'm only building sites for that that require JavaScript. Right. I mean, if you're doing a if you're doing a, an app, then then maybe. But like, if you've got a content site that you have to have JavaScript for, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, and then but then people will use that as a they use that as a as a get out of jail free card. Like, oh, this is because, an oh, app, well, it's so, an app. I, so it's not yeah. it's not the web. Yeah. It's an app, and it's like, well, is Facebook an app? Is Twitter an app? You know, is even even in our case, like um, with something like Happy Docs, 
where it's like, really, how, how does this make sense on mobile? But there are things you could do on mobile with it. Not everything, mm-hmm. maybe, but there are certainly, certainly some of the more um, uh, management type things or just like, like basic CRUD operations. Maybe I'm not going to be editing JSON on my phone, but certainly yeah. I, could, I could fix typos. Yeah, and you may not be you may not be reading the the JSON responses, but you could still go in and look at the variable lists and things like that. Sure, and I've done it, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's like so so to make a long story longer, um, <laughs> the whole the whole it seems evident to me, and I wish it was more obvious to more people that the that there that it's things are just going to get more and more fragmented, not less and less. So so the the bet that you place on any single player is going to get lamer and lamer as time goes on yeah and and the only option that doesn't bet on a single player a single point of failure or a single point of control is the html approach yeah right now that's that's the only option we've got yeah that's it i mean and and even and and fine if you don't if you're not into that at least the the sort of API first approach is a pure data approach mm-hmm. uh, is going to I'm insulate gonna... you against a lot of that. So like for example, this person I was talking about, they have all these iOS apps. I hope I don't know, but hopefully for their sake, they talk to sort of generic APIs that could you know, that they could bolt be, another yeah, client onto. To be used with other platforms. Right, and not a complete rebuild yeah. for every platform. Yeah, just as long as they're not trying to access session data in their model. <laughs> <laughs> so a that, rant for another day. A, a separate a rant for another week. Yes. Yeah. But a yeah, rip- the yeah. separation between a web, uh, like the web, yeah, we... There's a, some really interesting top, topics have been coming up lately. Um, yeah, they have. Yeah, like that, like the the sort of someone asked me the other day, and I think this is sort of similar topic where it's like it's very easy to conflate like like uh, you know Rails, which is what Kelly's referring to, Rails mm-hmm. being restful. That's BS. It's not restful. It is. Yeah. It's yeah. like the, you can set up the controllers to do RESTful things on the back end and respond to REST requests mm-hmm. and you can make a REST API with it. But the thing that you use Rails for generally is to make websites slash web apps and They're the URL structure in the browser not is not RESTful at all. Yeah. And I would also like to point out there is absolutely nothing wrong with not being RESTful. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I totally agree. Right, right, right. But don't confuse those two things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And actually, there's a there's a couple of really good discussions going on on Railsform right now about um, that sort of stuff. So mm. if cool. people are interested, they can check it out. Yeah, so we should we'll, we can leave that for another week. But it's like there's some new some new interesting conversations bubbling up, um, it, it, even while we're having these old conversations and trying to like drag people kicking, kicking and screaming into the current <laughs> reality. I suppose we can leave it at that for this week. Yeah. So we look forward to, you know, maybe if, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So hit us up on Twitter, Jonathan Stark or Kelly Shaver or Niche Apps. Yeah, it'd be good to take some questions for, for episode 75 or something. Yeah, that's a great idea. So, yeah, hit us up on Twitter for questions or, or comments um, or comments tell us or why topics. We're wrong. Yeah, call BS. <laughs> call BS on our BS. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. 
But that's our show for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next week for the 75th episode of the Niche Podcast. Bye. Bye.